0: Unity, Community of Central Oregon's podcast, featuring Reverend Jane Hyatt. So the heart of the matter is all about forgiveness. Like you, I'm sure, I've spent a lot of time thinking about the coronavirus. It's hard to avoid the topic. And so I started thinking about it from a metaphysical point of view. So this particular virus is burning people up. And it's getting into lungs and blocking the ability to breathe. So metaphysically, we look at what does that represent in our lives? What is it that burns us up? What is it that blocks our airways and prevents us from breathing? And the conclusion that I came to is that it is judgment and resentment When we think we are superior to others, when we have just judged other people as being wrong, 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 we hold, we've been hurt. Often we have been hurt badly. We have lost things that are very important to us. And everybody would say we have a reason to be angry. So in the world of reason which is the frontal part of our brain yes that makes sense but the heart is a different matter the heart has different rules and the reality is is that if we only use reason and we remain harsh with that we will not be happy We will not be able to have the blessings that are meant to be flowing to us and from us because our passages are blocked. Jesus was a master teacher, and his big message was forgiveness. Love others and forgive. That's what he talked about over and over and over. And when people came to him for healing, he did heal them physically, but first he said to them, your sins are forgiven. And what is sin? It's not quite how we were raised up to think. I I grew up Catholic, so from an early age, I remember I wasn't quite seven yet when I was sitting there examining all the sins of my past life. Now think about that as a seven-year-old. How many big sins have you committed? But that's what we were taught. And so I was, I was making a list and checking it twice of all the things that I had done. You know, like kicked my brother or told a lie or snuck some candy when my mother wasn't looking. I think those were the kind of the regulars in my life at that time. And I, I made a whole list. In those days in the Catholic religion, you went into a confessional. So this was this was the first experience going in. And uh, you know, I'm a Capricorn, I'm prepared. I like rules and order. So I had my whole list. And everybody's sitting in the in the church examining their conscience and I'm prepared. I did it the night before and I've got my list. Well, the nun comes along and she takes my list. Oh my God. I was so humiliated because now she was going to know all of my sins and I wasn't no longer prepared. I was going to have to go into the confessional. So I had to quickly come up with some more sins so I'd have something to say. And when I went in there, I find out it's completely dark in there so I couldn't have read my list. The nun actually did me a favor. So Anyway, that was was my earliest memory of forgiveness. It was tied to recognizing what I had done wrong. But it's just like when you're a little kid and your mom is saying to you, say thank you. You don't understand gratitude at that point. You understand that if you don't say thank you, your mom's going to be mad at you, so you better say thank you. And only as we grow do we understand the importance of gratitude. And it's the same thing with forgiveness. Only as we grow do we understand that it's important to take a look at our actions and to recognize where we have gone wrong. Sin doesn't have all the baggage that we think it does. It just means that we missed the mark. We are We are striving to be awakened. We are striving to live in a way that we can be proud of. And sometimes, instead of being awakened, we hit the snooze button, or we get out on the wrong side of the bed, and we do things that we're not proud of, and we have to be willing to forgive ourselves. So in the case of the coronavirus, if we are holding on, to resentment and judgment, whether it's against ourselves or against others, we are blocking the flow that we want in our lives. Jesus, who teaches forgiveness, also said, I came so that you could have life and have it abundantly. So if currently we are experiencing anything less than an abundant, joyful life, chances are there is someone that we need to forgive. And it's worth looking for that. In unity, we talk about 12 powers that are like principles that are always available, that we can download as needed and exercise in this world. And I want to talk about four of them today that will help us with forgiveness, because we don't always know how to forgive. But it's important to forgive. Elizabeth Smart, she's the young woman who was abducted when she was 15 and treated terribly. And she was rescued a year later. And she said that it's important to forgive because if you don't forgive, then you allow the people that hurt you to continue to operate in your life, to take away all of your joy, to have power over you. They take up all your emotional space, and you have none left for your life. So the four powers involved are will, understanding, love, Imagination. (laughs) I don't really want to affirm that I will never be able to remember every item on a list, but so far, (laughs) that has been the case. So, with will, let's talk about will. Often we beat ourselves up because we lack willpower. But will is much more... There are finer details to will than that. So, for example, when we did the meditation, I asked you, would you be willing to forgive? Willing is a form of will that involves just an openness. And sometimes that's where we are in the process because forgiveness is not just a done. Forgiveness is a process and we can short-circuit it by just jumping in and saying, well, I forgive, because we haven't really done it then. We first have to just acknowledge what happened. Sometimes people have work to do with their childhood, and they I can't tell you how many times I've sat with somebody in a counseling situation where they said, I had a really good childhood. And as the conversation continues, I find out they lived with alcoholic parents. They were physically abused. you know, Lots of different things that happened in this really good childhood. Have you ever seen that Far Side cartoon about the, um, it's a convention with families that were functional? and there are like three people in the audience, and they were wearing t-shirts that say, in denial. So it's like most families have something going on that hurts children, because it's just part of the way it's wired. And because we come here not to have a bed of roses, but to grow. And so those circumstances that happen to us when we are young, are the fodder that we work with that allow us to make a pearl. So in being willing, we first we look at what is it that we need to forgive. We have to feel our feelings about that. And having faced it and felt our feelings, then we can be willing to forgive. And sometimes we can just decide and say, this is what I'm going to do. And we pull in that full power of will. We exercise authority and we say, we do it. And other times we just can't get there. And that's okay. It's part of the process. We just allow ourselves to be willing. Or we pray that we might be willing. And there's no judgment about any of that. It's just wherever we are. Think for a moment if you woke up one morning, and you went out into your living room, and the beautiful couch that was normally there had somehow been taken away in the night. And in its place was this flea-bitten, stained, spring-popping couch that would not even be available in goodwill. It is totally for the dump. It's so trashed, and it's a color you hate. There are stains all over it. There's, it smells. There it is in your beautiful living room in place of your beautiful couch. How would you feel? You'd be shocked. You'd be mad. You'd be trying to figure out how did this happen. So imagine that you continued to feel that way day after day. You raced around asking yourself, how did this happen? This never should have happened. I can't believe this has happened. You kept ranting and ranting about it. Every time you went by the couch, you just kicked it. You were so angry about this couch. You would sit down on the couch and say, oh, this is so uncomfortable. I hate sitting on this couch. And you would be miserable. And you would continue to be miserable. How long would you be willing to be miserable? Or when you saw what had happened, even though you're confused and you're angry, you could decide to get that couch out of your house, even if it meant there would be no couch for a while. Clear it out. It's doing you no good. And it's the same way with whoever has hurt you. It's not the person themselves, but whatever it is that they've done. That action happened back then. It's not happening now unless you're keeping the couch in the room. So forgiveness starts with will. Just be willing to get it out of there. It's not hurting whoever put that couch in your living room. They've moved on. They're not hurting because you're mad. Only you are hurting. And we all, we all know that we have done this. So that's the first one, will. The second one is use your imagination. Think about what might that person who did whatever they did to you? What might they have been going through? What kind of a life path did they walk on? If you had had those circumstances, might you have done the very same thing? Use your imagination to put yourself in the person's shoes. And then you can use the power of love, compassion, and just feel for them. Wow, somebody who could behave like that, what must they have gone through to do something like that? Let yourself just feel with your heart and send them love and healing. Because that feels better than just being mad. Even though what they did may have been something very, very bad and hurt very, very much, it still feels better to love. And love just rearranges our molecules. It has incredible power. And finally... We can use the power of understanding. So you want to know why the couch is in there instead of your other couch. You might not ever get an answer to that. But you can ask other questions that you will get answers to. One question is, why would this be happening in my life now? And this is not asked to beat yourself up. This is being curious and for understanding. So supposing, for example, you grew up with an alcoholic parent, and now you just happen to have married an alcoholic. That's not a coincidence. It's an opportunity for you to grow, for you to have some power in a similar situation to what you grew up with when you did not have power. You could look at it it as life bestowing upon you the opportunity to grow and become free of the pain that you experienced before. No matter what goes on in your relationship, the odds are you're going to be able to draw a line back to something that happened when you were younger. So that's a form of understanding. And while you might still not be happy about the partner that's an alcoholic, it becomes easier to forgive because you see how you participated through needing. You have this template of needing to heal this. And so someone comes in to help you heal it. Now, this also doesn't mean that you allow the behavior to continue. Whatever it is that somebody's done that hurts you, you don't say, oh, well, this is a match for my childhood, so I'm just gonna let you keep doing this to me. No. Part of the healing is learning how to set boundaries and not letting that happen. So these are things that you can understand. You can also look at it from more of a soul level. Like, when you came into form, what were you thinking as a soul before you came in? Maybe you came in and you said, you know, I really want to master the energy of forgiveness. Well, if you said that, guess what? You need something to forgive. Maybe there's a a person in my life who has had just such incredible illness. Every time I talk to her, there's something new that's going on, and it's dramatic And yet, every time I talk to her, she talks about how blessed she is, how good God is, how these circumstances come to her where she has help that shows up. Instead of focusing on what's wrong, and there's plenty that seems to be wrong, she's focusing on how blessed she is. What if, as a soul, she came in— to take on pain that was not just hers, but pain from the world, and to ground it with gratitude and faith? What if that's what it was? So you see, this is all—I don't know the answer to this, but this is understanding that comes to us when we stay into a place of meditation. So we— we can also look at um, things like the coronavirus and, and try to understand why is that coming in. And so if we say, oh, well, it's an expression of our lack of forgiveness, all the, all the poison that we've been putting out into the air. That's what it is. And it's, it's calling for forgiveness. Or we could look at it in the shamanic tradition, I heard, and I don't know if this is true, so I don't want to start a rumor, but I was watching a program with a shaman, and he said that it began from eating a bat, and that's how it got into the human system. So bat is really interesting from a shamanic point of view, bat medicine. I just want to read a little bit about this. Because it's so amazing. If bat shows up, it means let go of those habits and attachments that no longer serve you and welcome the changes that are long overdue. Isn't that what we're having happen right now? The ordeal that you're facing is a necessary part of your transformation and an initiation into a much more spiritually directed life. Wow. What if that's the gift of coronavirus? It's time to confront and conquer your fears, trusting that doing so will bring about dramatic and beneficial changes. Mingle and socialize more with others. Well, we sure wish we could, perhaps by joining online classes or group activities that you think you'd enjoy. So what if that's what it's all about? What if the bat medicine has come to us to transform our society? If that's the case, then there's actually nothing to forgive. Understanding helps us to realize that, oh, we're all a part of this. When we think about the coronavirus also, look at what a virus does. I was reading how viruses can cross species and they help us with evolution because instead of random mutation, a virus is able to get into the DNA and change it. So what if this amazing virus that is coming and affecting our whole world is changing us for the better? It could also change us for the worse. But as spiritual community, we have the obligation and the honor to hold the high watch for what this could be. Instead of going into worry, we go into possibility. And we forgive. We practice forgiveness so that we are clearing our airways so that life can come through. This is so important. Let's all make a pact that this week in particular, but ongoing. When Jesus taught about forgiveness, at one point, his disciples say to him, how often are we supposed to do this? Seven times? So seven in numerology means full, complete, like always. And Jesus' answer is, no. 70 times 7. So beyond always. It's something we need to always, always, always be practicing. So let's make that our commitment as a community, that we are going to practice forgiveness and clear our airways. And let's make that go viral. You are the love. So shine, let your light shine. So let your light so shine. So let your light so shine. So let your light so shine. Let your light shine. Let your light. Believe